Hello, welcome to episode 47 of the Bonfire Banter Podcast. I'm Dean from Digiwork Consultancy and I'm joined by my friend. I'm just friend, I don't get anything added. <laughs> my fat headed friend. I'm downgrading you now. <laughs> I am the slightly insulted Megan L. Also go by Bonfire Cherry Online. And we're joined by our special guest. The absolutely baffled Jen of SEM Help. Who's been an absolute laugh so far. There's so much yeah. content we would like to share, but we can't. <laughs> We're just going to share the boring stuff instead. Just baffled yeah, by just... the two of us in general, rather than her work, of which she's a pro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just baffled by you two. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of baffling, we have uh, some questions to ask you today. <laughs> that sounds a bit ominous. <laughs> It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm going to get myself a drink to be back. Well, <laughs> you are a pro on SEOs, so I think Googling the answers is, is acceptable for an SEO person. Either that or it's total cheat. I can still oh, yeah. hear you all. Good to know. She's gone for more juice, hasn't she? More of a grape juice. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually. I can. I can. I can give you a. I can give you a guided tour down down my stairs. I haven't got video on. <laughs> I, I can do it in audio form. Hmm. So, while she's gone, do you want to ask the questions? Yeah, so... I'm doing an audio now, so SEO, obviously, it's about um, being found online, but um, how else would you describe as um, the main job to be done by SEO? <sighs> the main job? There are so yeah. many main jobs, and don't go for honest, something, I think. Yeah, don't go for something that's too obvious either. Go for something a bit more profound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No pressure. There are, there, are, there are a lot of things that you need to undertake when it comes to doing your SEO these days. And I think one of the things that, one of the problems I think, and probably you as well, is in the content marketing age, people think SEO is less relevant. But it's not, it's more. Because everything that you put out online needs to be able to be found, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I've completely forgotten your question already. <laughs> what was your question again? That. Yeah. What is a job to be done by SEO, basically? What is a job to be done by an SEO? Um, well, on-page, off-page in technical SEO, but they're the you know, bog-standard simple answers. What I tend to do um, is I spend a lot of time being nosy. Um, I do a lot of keyword research um, because... You tend to find people People know what they do and they project what they do, but that might not be what their customers are actually looking for. So what I do is spend a lot of time researching how people actually find people like you. Um, I spy on your competition. That's, that's my favourite thing. I pay for quite a few tools so I can find your competition and see what keywords they're ranking for, see which backlinks are working for them. Um, and then I kind of troll through your website. So, for example, obviously not you, Dean, because yours will all be perfect, but say Megan's website, if she's not being found on Google, it's usually... Well, I don't even know about my own, but still. (laughs) (laughs) There's usually reasons why people's sites aren't ranking, and it'll be silly things like bad URLs of who a site structure, people people haven't signed up for... Um, Google Search Console and submit the sitemap for recrawl. Um, the amount of small mistakes on websites is quite significant. 
and can be for a designer or an SEO can be quite easy to fix. But you tend to find that it, people let their websites go, so it com- becomes a big job to fix. Um, and I'm I'm nerdy enough to enjoy fixing those big jobs. To be honest, yeah. um, it's just going going through and researching, analysing, comparing, and then fixing. Yeah, it doesn't sound that glamorous. It's not that glamorous. No, but it's necessary, and it's it uh... is it's. It is because you have to, you do have to undertake certain tactics. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. Yeah. And it's also easy to overlook essentials. I mean, there's a reason why so many people want to take on the latest fad diet or whatever. It's because the job to be done by losing weight is very simple. But um, the actual practice of uh, knowing what to do and how to best go about it, that's um, more left to a little bit of. Um, judgment on yeah one of the um uh, and I, I, i'm not trying to plug anything here one of the services i offer because so many people get can sign up for wordpress you can you can literally sign up for wordpress and be online in a day um and so many people do that with very little design knowledge and very little seo knowledge and even very little marketing knowledge because seo is quite a, a digital marketing discipline now um, that they'll have this website, it looks all right, so they'll just keep adding to it, adding to it, adding to it. So one of the things I do do is I I analyse it, I review it, I get all the data together and I put it in a spreadsheet so people can fix it themselves because that way you're also becoming a little bit SEO independent. Hmm. Um, a lot of agencies charge a lot of money and that's because you've got the backup of 20 experts behind the person who's working behind your account manager, which is great. Um, but I'm just me, and I I set this business up so that small businesses like me, like you guys, like a freelance photographer down the road or a virtual assistant or a, a, a garage around the corner can get found on Google without having to resort to agency fees because it's too scary for them. Yeah, I think in case of um, hiring any kind of agency, I just um, assume you're going to add a few zeros to the... Um, cost of that. Yeah, I, 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 um, I don't work that way. I'm trying to to get this business running in a way to get people independent, um, because because a, a lot of people are actually capable of doing what I do. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's part of the problem is trying to sell the value of what it is you're doing. I mean, if it's a technical thing, which a lot of people don't really understand what it is, and you've got to sell them on the value of it, I suppose. And it's the small things that you do do help quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, they really do. It's it, and it's a lot of small things that you have to do. Um, what I'm trying to do is work with people so I can teach them how to do those small things for themselves. So they wouldn't necessarily be SEOs at the end of it, but they would be able to keep their website compliant going forward. Um, and make sure they're not breaking any rules and make sure they are maximising their customer's journey through their website without without being reliant on somebody doing it for them if they don't want to. Some people are happy just to hand stuff over and say, right, look after them, which is great. But there's also a lot of small businesses that aren't. They're just not in a position to be able to do so. Yeah, especially if not really kind of tech savvy, then it's, mm. that's another thing. 
yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to to take it from both angles. Just give me it and I'll do it all for you. We'll we'll talk every month, or if you want, I will sh- I will teach you how to make this work for yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. You're a woman of many talents. <laughs> I was saying another question. Um, would you say SEO is for everyone? I mean, you might have some people who say that they just work mostly by kind of network marketing or something like that, and that kind of works for them. So if they, if they ever have to use the website to serve a function, then it might just be a case of they just send people a link or maybe they don't even have a website. So Yeah, SEO's a choice. Um, because at the end of the day, Google's a business as well. Um, it's not a public service. SEO is a choice, but I think anybody who wishes to generate online awareness should invest either invest in SEO or learn how to SEO their own site. Um, it's a marketing activity. It's awareness raising. It's making people know you're out there. It's how you get your blog seen. It's how you get your content seen. It's a visibility exercise um, more than necessarily um, a technical exercise. A lot of the biggest ranking factors well, do you know what? I'm going to have to see if I can remember the answer to this off the top of my head. Uh, one of the biggest ranking factors, actually, for Google is backlinks. So that falls under the hat of SEO because it's a ranking factor. But actually, backlinks is also a bit of a PR exercise because it's getting other people to link back to your content. And it's about making sure your content's desirable and other people wanting to share what you've created. So that falls under the marketing banner, but people don't necessarily realise that it also falls under the SEO banner because the more good quality backlinks you have coming to you and links that you send out all help your visibility. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think it will come in handy for people listening too. Because, um, which brings me on to another question. Well, I was going to ask something else, but I'll save it for the next question. Next question How many questions is, you got? Just two more. <laughs> Don't well, I'll cut this down anyway, and it will be like 10 minutes or however long. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think you should speed it up in the edit so you sound it in a squeaky voice. <laughs> what are the top three things most people can do? Top three things. Improve your page speed. Make sure the pictures that you upload are, if possible, under 100 kilobytes and optimised and resized before you upload them. Um so if yeah. the space on your web page is 500 pixels, make sure the, f- the picture's 500 pixels and less than 100K before you upload it. Um, URLs. Um, a lot of people, I'm going to say WordPress because um, it's the only one that I can think of anyway, and it's the most popular content yeah. management it's system. It's like 60% of when the internet, isn't it? It's 60% of content <laughs> management systems, but it's only 32% of the internet. I think this episode is going to be called Sponsored by WordPress, in, in brackets, not really. A lot of people... WordPress dominate the content management system market um, and a lot of people use it for blogging. So, for example, in WordPress, when you do a new post, if you put a lengthy title in that says the top 10 tips to think about when recording a podcast, WordPress will automatically turn that into your URL. That's too long. It's it's crap. You can't, you can't turn around to people and say, right, go to my website www.bonfirecherry.co.uk forward slash the hyphen 10 hyphen or sorry hyphen top hyphen 10 hyphen things so 
amend your URL, keep it short, keep it succinct. Make sure that it's short enough so that when you Google it, it fits on that little SERP result box. Yeah. So keep your URL short, keep your page title succinct and in line with your URL and have a header one tag that is the um, that is does its job as the main header of the page. So if your page URL, your title tags and your headers are in sync on the topic and within a certain character limit, that will do you no favours to start with. And then, like I said, keep your images optimised and make sure they're the right size and small enough before you upload them. And um, keep your page load speeds as low as you can. As um, Get your sites loading quickly. One thing worth mentioning as well is every website that was created after July last year will be indexed mobile first. Yeah. So you have to be on point with the mobile version of your website because that's how it's indexed. You don't have a choice. Yeah, and that doesn't even mean just redirecting to a mobile, uh, a different URL for mobile version, does it? It means yeah. having responsive design. Um, I've heard um, you, about taking the approach of mobile first rather than thinking about a desktop user because you can't account for how everyone's going to be using you, your website necessarily. And um, I think one of the things people forget is responsive doesn't necessarily mean mobile first. You have to think about users finding your website on their phone at the bus stop where they've only got 3G. Um, some yeah. websites, some 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 systems are great. You can hide big features if they're on mobile. You can drop off a form and add a call me now button. Um, you can make sure that pictures, certain images don't load yeah. on a mobile. So, for example, if you've got quite a quite a bandwidth heavy background, you can stop that from loading on a loading on a mobile. Yeah, I think that's very um, powerful advice to think about the user experience because I know one way to improve your SEO is to reduce the bounce rate and if if you can stop people from um if you can minimize your bounce rate then that's going to help you for overall seo score isn't it yeah but there's um it's worth noting that a little while back your bounce rate was if people clicked off your website within 30 seconds now apparently it's not it's if people only visit one page of your website so if you've got a block oh that you share extensively on social media, for example, and a lot of people click to it, but only read your blog and go away again, that contributes to your bounce rate. So it's definitely worth looking at time on site as well and um, the quantity versus, and repeat customers, uh, repeat visitors that you get and compare those. If your bounce rate is 90% and your visitors are staying on your site for 10 seconds, then that's obviously appalling. But if you bounce rate ninety percent and they're staying on for two or three minutes, it means they're actually reading your content. So you've got to you've got to put it into context as well. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but um, do you want to split this into two episodes? No, I've got one more question, which is uh, <laughs> it's more personal interest <laughs> rather than because I've not been following this so closely um, these days. But um, what do you think is the value of citations um, as opposed to having a direct link? If people are talking about you without linking to your actual website, what would you say is the value of that? Um, if people are talking about you and not linking back to you, I wouldn't say the value as high. What you need is the citations to be linking back to you. And it's also worth noting, for if you for your citations, make sure everything is uniform. Um, so make sure your business name, your phone number and your email are all exactly the same everywhere you're cited. 
But if you can get a backlink back to your website, that just enhances it. Um, but yeah, yeah. For, if if you're going to go down the citations, citations route, and a lot of people obviously do, and there is value in it, make sure your citations are all exactly the same. Uh, there's no space in your phone number on one site and no space and a space in the next site because Google recognizes the characters. It's still a robot, remember? Yeah. Uh, a very bloody clever robot, but it's still a robot. Your citation should be identical um, everywhere you go for there to be some sort of uniformity and recognition in that. But if somebody's citing you, there should be there should be a link back to your website anyway. If there is, like ask, Harry ask them for one. This has been like a Harry Potter fan. This has been like a Harry Potter fan chatting to J.K. Rowling, <laughs> asking all these questions. Actually, probably not best to say J.K. Rowling at the moment. Um, yeah. Stephen King. <laughs> well, believe me, we've only scratched the surface with this. There's a lot to go into, which is why you need to talk to Jen if you need any more advice. I can roll yeah. with that. Yeah, but join the Facebook group. Facebook group. It's just uh, Facebook is it dot com forward slash groups forward slash sem help um there's i think there's like one entry question that says how did you hear about this group uh there's only one admin on the group which is me okay Um, that's gonna be easy for me to answer i'll just say you (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I'm, i'm quite bad at telling people about the group and i've been quite bad at nurturing the group but that is um a community i want to grow just because no questions, silly, if you know what I mean. There's no question. That's a silly question because things change and move so, especially in the digital world, things change and move so quickly um, that there is no such thing as a daft question. And we all start somewhere as well. I mean, I am, as I've said like five gazillion times, I'm 40, but I literally knew what I wanted to be what I did when I grew up, like three years ago or something. So we all start learning at some point, don't we? Yes, that is very true. I still don't know what don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life necessarily, but uh, you know, I, I think that's because we live so much longer. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I've got a random fact relating about that. Creative wow, people what's... live longer. According to the uh, due to the openness, creative minds tend to live longer and may even get more creative with age, especially with Jen, yeah. One of the key cute contributors to longevity was how creative people react to stress, often seeing obstacles as something to be to overcome rather than a barrier which can't be reached. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me because whether it's graphic design or web design or whatever it is, um, there's always people asking you to do things which uh, you might think aren't easy to achieve. So you're always thinking, okay, how can I make this work? How can I make this work? (laughs) I live with an engineer. And it's quite hilarious because there's like sometimes I'll look at something and go, I don't know what to do with this. And he will literally just walk over and fix it in a second. And then there's other times he's doing something. It's such a convoluted way. I'm like, why don't you just do this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, so he... we, we literally come across these things all the time because I do it from the, well, the I suppose the more creative aspect. And he does it from the engineering mind, which is... Um, a lot more mathematical, isn't it? He sounds like me, minus the mathematical, because I'm not very good at maths, but still. Um, I do tend to overcomplicate things in how I look at things, so. I tend to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... Me and Dean are like the odd couple, I swear. 
I, um, I, I, I can tell already. See, I'm not very, I, I was gonna say, I'm not very creative. I am creative, but I, it's like when I was 22, I got a job working in a secondary school looking after the online resources. I'm a shit web designer. I learned to code in, in 2002 and 2003, but I'm a really crap designer. But if yeah. you give me a picture and say, make this work, I can make it work. Um, I did computer and multimedia. I did graphic design. I'm a shit graphic designer too. But if you give me a picture again and said, make this work, I could rip it off completely. But I can't start from nothing. Yeah. I'm not agreeing with what you're saying necessarily about being a shit designer, but I mean, um, I agree with the sentiment. <laughs> um, I would say... We're all shit designers <laughs> at heart. Yeah. I would say... Oh, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a good designer, and I know that. Yeah. Um, well, this I isn't... always said I need to... This isn't a compliment to myself in any way, but I'd say I'm about as good as Steve Jobs, which is, he, he's got good taste to an extent. He can, he ha, um, he can have, if he if he's directing you on how, what a design should be, maybe it'll be good. Maybe 70% of the time, let's say, but he's also made some bad choices about, in terms of design, so. Uh, there's something to be said about having design taste, but in terms of actual... Um, practical application there's limits to what you can do I guess yeah, I always said for years this is flash to bank took way longer than it should have done is I needed to jo- a job where I could work on website but not make them and I said this for years and it literally took me till last year to realise why don't I just do SEO because I was in marketing anyway and I've done websites anyway so, so yeah I got qualified yeah I am a shit designer though I haven't and seen on that to judge. Note, <laughs> and this has been Megan, aka Bonfire Cherry, with my now very informative co-host. I continue to be the informative Dean Gibson from DG Web Consultancy. And the one who's been finding us with a lot of information on this episode yep. has been the gorgeous. Oh, is that me? I am Jen from SEM Help. Yeah, even more informative and- than me. <laughs> and that say that says a lot. It's good that we're social distancing at the moment, otherwise you'd be hitting me by this point. Yeah, if I yeah, had like a robot veil or something. <laughs> I was gonna say one of the um I've got to admit one of the reasons I like taking photographs is because you never start from a blank page. So when I say oh. I'm a shit designer, it's because I can't start from a blank page, but I can get a camera, go out oh, and shoot okay. something and do a pretty good job. I think that's um, a good you're good at composition in terms of framing things, I guess. But then I, yeah, I I can see I can see the beauty in things that are just ordinary. I love photographing just ordinary shit. Um, you know, you don't need. Well, I'm crap at landscapes just because I like. Um, and the landscapes around here are not great, to be fair. Um, but I like I like taking the ordinary out of context a little bit. Yeah, I did that. Um, yeah, so when you look through a lens, you kind of, you've got something to work with. As a designer, you've got to start with a blank sheet of paper, and I can't do that. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to make design choices if you've actually got something to work with, rather than having to start from nothing, just in general, for anyone, I guess, to mm. an extent at least. Yeah, I can make the programs work. Um, I have I have made websites in Dreamweaver in the past, um, but I just can't make them. Yeah, I'm impressed. They're days. never something you'd look at and go, wow. Yeah, I'm probably going to cut all of this out anyway. But uh, yeah, I started um, learning to make websites in Notepad, basically. 
part of it because I didn't have any money. So <laughs> another part of it is I just kind of took an interest in how things kind of actually work. And, you know, if, like in Google Chrome, whatever, you can, you've got those developer tools where you can just kind of inspect an mm. element and you see everything associated with it, like how the color is set or whatever else, whatever effects. I was literally just doing find and um, search in source code to see what works and how things are done. So I did um, I did compute computer multimedia at college when I was twenty six, and um, yeah, we used to have to hard code websites then and do hard code embeds as well, which was quite entertaining. Um, but you don't need to now; it's a little bit like yeah. you don't have to. Yeah, this is um, like a t- I'm like a t- a, a, a kid listening to the parents speaking about <laughs> stuff they don't understand. Yeah, it's not like it was in my day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I um, yeah. I was on the Adobe website the other week because I've been a Photoshop subscriber for years, and Photoshop and Lightroom, if you only get them, it's like a tenner a month. But they yeah. had an offer; they've done all apps for thirty pounds. So there's a little mm. bit of me. I'm half tempted to like download Dreamweaver and see what I still remember. Okay. And then I think, no, yeah. maybe I shouldn't. I'm still more of a coder than anything, personally. I used to know quite a lot of um of Illustrator and Photoshop when I was in college, but I've totally forgot everything about yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I think Fireworks was a bit more better in terms of integrating web design, but um. I think I how never many, used it for graphic design. How many designs did you slice? How many designs did you slice out of fireworks? And as then, few uh, as possible, basically. That <laughs> <laughs> was my favourite thing. That just slicing <laughs> up fireworks images. We'll have that over there, and I'll fling that in there. But that was usually derived from somebody drawing a picture of. I want my website to look like this. Draw me a picture, and I'll make it happen. Yeah, it's but funny. I can't. I can't draw the pictures. It's funny how much more work I used to put into things, actually. And um, I used to charge so much less money than I do now. It's mm. interesting to look at it that way. Um, this has not been recorded, is it? It is, technically. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to cut it all but out. <laughs> plug in. Uh, but you, can you can always split, split it into it two, dude. Yeah. No, I was going to say, do you want me to send you my rate card? Because I'm doing, I've got some um, SEO bolt-ons for, spe- specifically for designers. Yeah. Um, is it for public consumption make, or just for personal? Either or, to be honest. I'm 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 fairly transparent with my prices. I'm okay, priced, cool. I've priced myself to be hopefully affordable. Yeah. Uh, without without absolutely ripping myself off. Um, but I haven't priced myself at a premium rate. But what I do do is like keyword research, competitor research, and backlinks analysis, so that while you're designing the site. I can give you all the advice you need to give to your client. So when you're right, you're either helping them with their content or they're writing the content. I can tell you what each page needs to be focused on and what key phrases need to be going in and that sort of thing. Yeah, let's do a special for a list. So, um, because the way I see, if it's right when you hit launch, that's just better for your customer, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'm not precious. If it's if it's a white labeled thing, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I just. To be honest, I set this up because I don't believe you need to have millions in the bank to be able to get found on Google. Um, you just you just need to know what to do right. And actually, that's what it is. It's just being able to do what to do right. And small businesses can't afford millions or thousands of pounds a month type of thing. Um, so I've priced it to appeal to small businesses. Yeah, very true. Um but if you get it right in the first instance, it's actually quite easy. It's not as, as difficult to keep on top of. It's the um, it's the fixing it that's the hard bit. Yeah, 
and we'll be linking to this in the show notes. So anyone who's interested. Um, yeah, Dean, you can normally split this into two episodes yeah, and do I'm one half. Do. I mean, um, I never do, actually know do, how long an episode is going to be until I've edited it to all of, to remove all the crap. And yeah, you can always um, <laughs> save this till the end of um, January. You can always just do your own yeah. introduction to add at the top of it. And if we do the um, do a space between we do our outro, then you can edit that at the end. Yeah, we'll see. The magic of editing is. I can make it as long or as short as I want it to. <laughs> we'll just talk faster. Yeah. I'll just speed it up. <laughs> so we'll just sound like chipmunks. That works for me. <laughs> Do you know what? I had to teach myself to speak a bit slower. This is me talking slower. Um, when I first yeah. left home at 17, people didn't have a clue what I was saying. Yeah, I've not even thought about um, how slow I'm talking at the moment or not, as the case may be. But um, apparently people... Apparently, people in Northampton tend to speak a bit faster in general. I don't know how it compares to the rest of the country, but apparently, Northerners just talk fast. Yeah, but that's why I speak fast because I come. Obviously, I originally come from Leeds, so Leeds. Yeah, but you've got a proper Northampton accent. You must have been a kid when you moved down here. Yeah, I was only I was only in Leeds about a year. All right. Um, Above the Undertakers. I, thought you I was talking there. to a lady the other day who is American. She's not American. She was English, born in England, moved to America for like 15 years and came back. Or maybe 20 years and came back. But she's, um, she's got that. She, she's very American. And she said she was reading a study about where you live when you're a teenager. That's the biggest influencer on your accent. Ah, that makes sense, I guess, with it being your more formative years. I suppose. Well, we we moved here in... I moved down to Northamptonshire in 2012. So my, my eldest was 12, uh, but he's like, he's a proper local. If you if you speak to him, you, there's not a hint of northerner in him at all. And it breaks my heart every time he speaks. So he's like, where's your Teesside accent gone? And for a little bit, when I lived in Northern Ireland for a few years when he was like four till eight. So he had, he wasn't, he didn't sound Irish, but he had that lilt and he dropped that lilt quite quickly. And it only took about a year for his, his um, Teesside accent to drop as well. And now he just sounds like he's born and bred Northamptonshire, born and bred Wellingborough. And a little bit of it breaks my heart, but only because like my kids talk funny. I think we'll end it there. And it's been a very informative episode from a special guest. I thought we'd already done this. We did, but you know. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Hi, Jen. Can I see him help? I'm grinning there. And, <laughs> and I'm also joined by my, <laughs> by my ever fat-headed friend and co-host. Megan, a.k.a. Bonfire Cherry. And I continue to be DD. Uh, I continue to be D from DGF Consultancy. Thanks a lot for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.